0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Whenever you feel afraid, just remember, courage is the root of change. And change is what we're chemically designed to do. Bonnie Garmus, Lessons in Chemistry. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm joined by my friends and fellow book club members for a new episode of Casting Call, where we will cast the characters in Bonnie Garmus's debut novel, Lessons in Chemistry. Before we begin, I wanted to remind listeners of the fun we're having over on Patreon. We're currently halfway through our reading of The Count of Monte Cristo, I cannot believe it, and Hunter and I are recapping our readings each month. Earlier this spring, we added more levels of support so listeners and friends of the show can support from the front porch at the $5, $20, or $50 levels. For $20 a month, you'll become a book club companion with access to our quarterly book club, which picks back up in August. Bookshelf benefactors support the show at the $50 a month level, and you'll hear their names at the end of each of our weekly episodes. They receive discount codes and early access to our virtual events. To join in all the fun, just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Courtney Kinsey and Juliana Helms. They are my fellow book club members and friends. We do these casting call episodes. I was going to say multiple times a year, but it's like a couple of times a year. We last did this in September. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi, Courtney. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Hanging in there. (laughs) How how honest are we going to be? Hi, Juliana.
1: Hi, thanks for having us back.
0: So Juliana, this is really your baby that you kindly allow us to use the format on from the front porch. So Juliana, you might recognize her from Instagram at Juliana Reads. Casting call is really something she kind of started on her Instagram account. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it to give listeners an idea of what we do?
1: Yeah, so in this season of life, this has been kind of a neglected baby, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, haven't done this in a while, unfortunately. So so it's good to get back in the saddle and have my trusty friends with me to to do it. So <laughs> I started who would you cast, oh goodness, probably two and a half, three years ago. I love movies and I love books, so it's a good combination there. So how we typically do this is we give you, on my account, typically two, um, but in this situation, we will have three different options of famous actors and actresses for each popular role or main role in the book. So I will post those in my stories as polls and you will vote on your favorite. And the next day after 24 hours, I will post the results. So vote for your favorites.
0: So this episode of From the Front Porch is coming out on June 9th. So then you can follow Juliana Reads on Instagram to cast your vote so that we can see who you guys would cast. In these roles. So you can follow Juliana at Juliana Reads and cast your vote there. And we're doing something a little different this time. So if you have read lessons in chemistry, you know that there is a very important canine character. And rather than, you know, break out the dog from full house or something like that, we are really recruiting your pet photos. This was Juliana's idea. So if you have a dog that you love and you want to share their picture with us, we will potentially cast one of your pets. Uh, in the role of 630, which is the fabulous dog character in Lessons in Chemistry. So you can message those to me at AnnieBJones05 or you can send them to Juliana at Juliana Reads on Instagram and we will tally them up and put them in the voting as well. Did, it, did that yeah. make sense? Is that good?
1: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think I'm most excited about getting a bunch of pictures of people's dogs because that's just honestly really what a great idea. idea
2: what a dream <laughs> yeah,
1: I loved so, this idea so much so this episode will come out on a Thursday and the polls won't go up until Sunday afternoon so you've got a few days to send in those pictures perfect
0: okay thanks friends so we also do this oh my god is this do we do this snake draft style and yes. every time I'm like how do yeah. you do a snake draft <laughs>
1: yes every so, time every time <laughs> so whoever goes first in the first round goes last in the next round so any okay. we decided that you were going to start us off for this uh and yes. then courtney will be in the middle and i will be mm-hmm. bringing up the end of this and though so for the next round then i'll go first um but we do typically give you a synopsis of the book first and then yes. list out each character in a character description before we talk about who we would cast
0: Yes. So I am curious. So I read Lessons in Chemistry a few months ago, and it will be in my top 10, probably my top five of the year. I love this book so much. One thing I love about the three of us, we're all in the same book club, like in real life book club, but we do kind of have different reading tastes. And then there's like a Venn diagram that encompasses all of us. And I'm curious where (laughs) Lessons in Chemistry fell for you, Juliana, and for you, Courtney, I'm wondering what your experience was like with this particular book.
1: All right. So I finished it yesterday. I read it over the long weekend, which was a great setting for it out by the pool. Uh, It was in my sweet spot. So, Annie, I know you and I don't often have similar tastes in books because you lean more Mm -hmm. towards character driven and I lean more towards the action side of things. But to me, even though this involved a lot of character development for a bunch of different characters in it, there still was enough action, enough driving force behind what we were reading about, enough of a plot that I I really enjoyed it. I do like to know a lot about characters, but not if that is the only thing. You know, dragging the right. story along. So I, I loved it. I was so surprised that it was a debut novel. I didn't realize that until after I finished it, but loved yeah.
2: it. Courtney, what about you? So I am the kid who didn't do the assignment. I <laughs> am still
1: in the process
2: of reading, but I will say I am enjoying it so much. It was on my um, wish list for some time. Juliana actually picked it out for me for my birthday, yeah. but I've had so many books on my list. I just kept putting it off because it's one of those things I know I'm going to like it and I'm going to want to take my time reading it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I kept putting it off for the perfect time and then I started reading it and then I didn't have time to finish it before this recording, but I think I have enough background to hopefully put together a swing cast, as they might say (laughs) in this time period. So looking forward to hearing what y'all thought about it. Yeah, I am excited.
0: Yeah, I'm (laughs) excited because I really did like this book a lot, but it's not a book where while I was reading it, I was casting it, which mm-hmm. sometimes I do. Like I I think I did that for Funny You Should Ask or for Nora Goes Off Script, yeah. but yeah. I didn't do it for this one. And it was really fun to kind of go back and think, oh gosh, who would I pick as Elizabeth <laughs> Zott? Because yeah. Elizabeth to me just stands out as a really... Really remarkable, fun, interesting character. She's going to go down as one of my favorite protagonists, I think, of the last decade or so. I just love her so Mm -hmm. much. So
1: I can't wait to see who we each picked for her. Yeah. Should we get into it? Yes, let's get into
0: it. Give us the synopsis.
1: All right, so chemist Elizabeth Zott is not your average woman. In fact, Elizabeth Zott would be the first to point out that there is no such thing as an average woman, but it's the early 1960s and her all-male team at Hastings Research Institute takes a very unscientific view of equality, except for one, Calvin Evans, the lonely, brilliant, Nobel Prize-nominated grudge holder who falls in love with, of all things, her mind. True Chemistry Results. But like science, life is unpredictable, which is why a few years later, Elizabeth Sott finds herself not only a single mother, but the reluctant star of America's most beloved cooking show, Supper at Six. Elizabeth's unusual approach to cooking, combine one tablespoon's acetic acid with a pinch of sodium chloride, provides <laughs> proves revolutionary. But as her following grows, not everyone is happy, because as it turns out, Elizabeth Sott isn't just teaching women to cook. She's daring them to change the status quo. So good. That's a great a synopsis, too. I still that them from, uh, from <laughs> Somebody the line, did a good job. Like, yeah, I can't improve <laughs> upon that. All right, so obviously our first character we're going to be casting is our main character, Elizabeth Zott. So again, she is a research chemist and cooking show host. She is brilliant and doesn't back down from a fight. So we see her in her late 20s to mid-30s, so keep that in mind. Um, and I, I mention age only because most often when I – do castings, I ask people for suggestions. And it is pretty frequent that I mention (laughs) that a male is in their 20s and Brad Pitt gets recommended. <laughs> so I, I know in our minds we still view Brad Pitt as 20 years old, but unfortunately he is not. <laughs> Time goes on. Uh, so some of, some of our characters, you might think in your mind, you know, oh, they're, they're much older than that. But they're actually pretty young in this book. Um, right. Late 20s to early 30s for Elizabeth and Calvin. And then an older age for the other two main characters. So... Annie, you're up first. Who did you pick for Elizabeth?
0: Okay, well, again, I loved Elizabeth so much, so I really struggled with this. You should see the desktop of my laptop computer is covered in screenshots and images. I really, (laughs) I really brought out the red thread on this, Um, but I ultimately decided on Elizabeth DeBicki. So Uh she is from The Great Gatsby. She's from Widows. She also played a role in. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think two and three, but I really wanted somebody tall and I didn't want like Blake Lively tall. Like I wanted somebody angular was such a great descriptor of how I pictured Elizabeth Zott. Like I wanted somebody with a yeah. presence and every picture yeah. of Elizabeth Debicki is so, she's so much tall. I think she is literally like six, three or something like that. She's so much taller than her co-stars oh, wow. And she just seems like she could be ever so slightly awkward. She could be firm. I just love the way Elizabeth Zott talks to, to people, even in her romantic relationship with Calvin. And so I was kind of sold. And there are a couple of really great images of Elizabeth Debicki. And this was one of them, the The picture that I put in our Google Doc, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because I really think it almost looks 60s, like 50s and 60s. She's got the um, cat yeah. eye makeup going on. And so I really, I think she could do it. And I'd really like to see her. She is about to play Princess Diana in The Crown. So I'm anxious to see, I don't like people to get typecast into too many things, but I like that she's done Marvel. She also did an action movie. Now she's about to play Diana. So I think her career is about to blow up. And I think um, this would be a fun opportunity for her.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, I think whoever plays this character has to be able to pull off an updo, because uh, yes. most times we see Elizabeth, especially on her show, she has her hair up in a bun with a number two yeah. pencil in it, and you kind of learn pencils. the significance of that. But but yeah, she she's got a great face shape for for having her hair yeah. up. So yeah, well yeah. done. All right, Courtney, who had you picked?
2: Okay, my choice for Elizabeth is Vanessa Kirby. And I have to say, I kind of based my decision off of her role as Princess Margaret in The Crown because her era of that character was, you know, through the 50s and Mm. 60s. And obviously she has kind of those striking physical looks, but she also just has a presence about her that I think even in real life, she doesn't take a lot of guff from people. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is something that really lends itself to this character. She can obviously pull off the 60s period outfits, uh, the updos. And she is, I did my research, she is quite tall. And so Mm. I think physically she would be a good actor for this role. And I really am keen to see her with who I picked for Calvin, which we'll
1: get into soon. Oh, good. Nice. All right. So my pick, I feel like I need to explain a little bit first because I don't, (laughs) I am a little, well, I'm, I'm a little concerned that she might not be able to pull off the awkward because I don't know that anybody could look at this person and think that they could be awkward. However, (laughs) I went more for the walks into a room, everybody notices her. But also Mm -hmm. back in the 60s when when everything was pretty much sexist, nobody takes her seriously, right? That Mm -hmm. one of the nicknames that one of the awful characters calls her is Luscious Lizzie. Um, in the Mm -hmm. book. And it's kind of this, how could she be with a man like that? She's too pretty to have a brain type situation. So Mm -hmm. I picked Margot Robbie, Mm -hmm. number one, Mm -hmm. because I think she's gorgeous. And I think that she is someone that will walk onto the screen and you might not take her seriously, right? You might think that she's just there because she's absolutely gorgeous, but I think she's got some serious acting chops. I think over the years, she has shown some depth and some breadth in the roles that she's taken. And I also want to see her kind of reprise a role like within Bombshell. So she was in this movie Bombshell where it's all about, you know, smarmy network producers. Um, Unfortunately, non-fictional uh, Smarmy Network <laughs> producers, um, whereas this is you know, a fictional book we're casting. But I would like to see her kind of flip the script on that to where she is taking control of the situation. So she also was in I, Tonya, one of my favorite performances in the past probably 10 years from an actress. I think she was excellent in that. She was also in Suicide Squad, Wolf of Wall Street. So um, she also looks great with an updo. So Margot yeah. Robbie was my choice. Nice. Nice. All right. So up next is Calvin Evans. So Calvin is also a research chemist. He is a genius, a Nobel award-winning scientist here, socially awkward, uh, had a sad childhood. He is described as, quote-unquote, lonesome-looking. So we also see him in his late 20s as well. He's also incredibly tall, very lanky, and blondish hair. So I guess I'm up next for this. The entire time I was reading this, I could not stop picturing Adam Driver. <laughs> Oh, interesting. (laughs) Adam. Yeah, so I know I just mentioned that this character has blonde hair, but maybe Adam could pull off blonde hair. We'll see. Uh, So you probably know him from Star Wars. He was in Marriage Story, House of Gucci more recently. He is just, to me, the quintessential really awkward, but demands Mm -hmm. attention on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I also could see him being secretly like a brilliant scientist that just none of us know about it. Uh, so I would like to see him paired up with someone like Margot Robbie, because I think that he could push her yeah. to another depth there. Um, kind of like he did, in my opinion, in in Marriage Story with Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Um, again, excellent performance in that. Took it to a really deep, tough place in that movie. So uh, that's who I pictured as our socially awkward, brilliant scientist.
2: I like that. I would also point out when he hosted Saturday Night Live, he did a skit where he was, wasn't he in the, he, he was blonde, right? I think so. Right. so. I, yeah. Um, I don't know Star Wars words, so I can't tell you his character name, but he, he was, it was like, he was the undercover boss of Star Wars and they put him in a blonde wig. So, I mean, check that out if you want confirmation, you can pull that off.
1: Listen, maybe I'll take a still from that episode and use that as my picture to convince people. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. It's either that or the picture of him with his shirt off holding a goat over his shoulders. Have you all seen that one? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just really sway the voters. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like if I need to convince anybody on Adam Driver, that's the picture (laughs) I use. Oh, my goodness. Do what you got to do. All right, Courtney, who did you pick for Calvin?
2: (laughs) Okay, my Calvin choice is Nicholas Braun. I love Nicholas Braun and similar to you, Juliana, when I, again, I'm not very far into the story, but as soon as Calvin appeared on the scene, this is who I pictured just because Mm. in his description of being like this very accomplished, but also awkward, tall, lanky guy. I kept thinking about not Nicholas Braun as cousin Greg in succession, (laughs) but as the guy in 10 things I hate about you, the TV show. Gone Too Soon. Um, oh. If you guys didn't watch that, you really missed out. It only lasted for a season on Freeform, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he was the nerdy guy who was like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character okay, um, okay. in the movie. Yeah. And falls in love with the pretty girl. And he's just so awkward but lovable. And I could really see him in this role being, you know, like interesting enough to attract Elizabeth. But also like have kind of a adorable, like had a hard background kind of storyline, puppy dog eyes, all of that. He is six foot seven. I believe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He is so incredibly tall, tall, right? Incredibly tall. So I just kept thinking about him the whole time and how, you know, he's handsome enough to play. I think like a leading Mm -hmm. male character in a story like this, but he's also got um, that kind of boy next door, but also could see him being Mm -hmm. a really smart, very accomplished scientist
1: nice oh i like that yeah even in succession especially in the first season when we first see him he's just kind of always there in the background yeah but so i'm <laughs> always slurs, interested yeah. in what he's doing yeah. you know like yeah you right. can't it's take just, your eyes off exactly, him yeah,
2: exactly exactly yeah.
1: like so is he a watchful. sleeper cell like dude is, yeah. is, he, is, he <laughs> is he gonna take it all over in the end like he's got potential yeah. nice. uh, all right annie who was your pick for calvin
0: Okay. I actually, I do need some help here. So I narrowed it down to two and I'll tell you what my heart wants. But then I went a different direction because I was like, I'm not sure what my heart wants is tall enough. So (laughs) I immediately was like, you know what I want? I want Joe Keery in this role. I want this Stranger Things dweeb to like, I think he borders on handsome because the whole point is Calvin isn't like this super hot guy. Right. And I thought, gosh, he's got this hair that I feel oh, like such could, good could hair. Yeah, it could be um and he could be really nerdy looking. Plus I as much as I appreciate Stranger Things, like I'm ready to see what else this guy can do. Mm-hmm. And he was in um, oh, what's that new Ryan Reynolds movie? We really liked it, but I don't Adam know if we did. Yeah, no, the one about video games and Joe Kiery's oh, in it. free guy. Free guy. And mm-hmm. I really liked him in it. Like I think I think he's ready for big movie stardom. However, he's only 5'11". And so this was my real conundrum was, should it be James Norton? Um, James mm-hmm. Norton, is, he's a little bit older, but with glasses, he pulls off nerdy looking. Like I think he could be a 60s era, 50s era scientist. Um, he's been in Little Women, Grant Chester, um, and I think he's got the height on him that maybe Joe Keery doesn't. So I really need your help, Joe Keery or Grant Chester, James Norton?
1: Uh, I think I'm going to go Joe Keery. I okay. know. Oh, I was going to say James Norton. So, Annie, <laughs> you got to go with your heart. You, you got to go know. with it's your heart. Hard. I
2: do I do see the value in your other choice, but I I just – I'm thinking like 60 is that hair. It was, there's just so much to work with. True.
0: And James Norton is more conventionally attractive for sure. I just yeah. – I'm still – I'm so torn about it. Um, but I did in my first thought – was Joe Keery. And then I was like, oh, I just don't know if he's tall enough. But maybe on screen, it would also be fun if he was shorter than Elizabeth DeBecky. Yeah. You know, because I true. I think that could be a fun kind of twist and lead toward like, why would a woman like her go for mm-hmm. him or whatever? So maybe we'll go with Joe since he's my, the heart wants what it wants.
1: Okay. Solid choice there. Because yeah, they, they do mention a couple of times that people are questioning why she's with him, right? Right. Like, all right, so up next is Harriet Sloane. So Harriet is a friend and neighbor of Elizabeth. She is witty and outspoken and stuck in some bad circumstances. So we see Harriet around mid-50s. It's mentioned that she has gray hair, so mid to late 50s. All right, so Annie, you are up next. Who did you pick for Harriet?
0: Okay, first of all, I have to say when you mentioned the Brad Pitt situation, I want you guys to know I at first cast Penelope Wilton from Downton Abbey in this role (laughs) because I thought she'd be perfect. And then I Googled her. Well, she's 75 and I was like, "Mm, that feels, that feels slightly too old. So, okay. I'm going with Bonnie Hunt. I'm bringing her career back. I want, I want Bonnie Hunt to have success beyond animated voices. And it's because there are no roles for women of a certain age in Hollywood. So Bonnie, here it is. Here it is on a silver platter for you. She was, of course, in Cheaper by the Dozen, that classic Mm -hmm. piece of American cinema, Beethoven. She was also in a lot of great 80s movies, but she's the right age. I found a picture of her with like her little glasses. And I thought this has to be somebody who's maternal and warm. Like she Mm -hmm. comes over and kind of takes Elizabeth and her daughter under her wing. Yep. But she also is a woman who desperately wants more. She's in this horrific marriage. She's mm-hmm. um, trying to become her own woman. And I thought,
1: let's let's give it up for Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. yeah. She she was my alternate, actually. Oh, how fun. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So a little fun fact about me as a kid. I was around the same age as the youngest girl in Beethoven when it came out. Sure. And I looked identical to that little girl like it was freaky like strangers would come up to my mom on the street and be like is that the kid from beethoven so i've always viewed bonnie hunt as like a pseudo mom um you know from my childhood role in beethoven uh but yeah i and so I actually was Googling photos of her to include on, on my Google sheet. And the first thing that came up was, why do we never hear from Bonnie Hunt anymore? And I was like, why do we never hear from Bonnie Hunt? So
0: It's because it's Hollywood, y'all. There's no – I thought about this and I was like – because she's been in things, but it's all animated. And I thought, mm-hmm. dang, this industrial complex where women have to look – this is the other thing. If you Google 50-year-old actresses, they all look 35. Yep. Yeah, like, I thought none of J-Lo. these – J-Lo. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, J-Lo
1: can't play Harriet. I was like, that's why you had to go British. You had to go British or Bonnie Hunt. Yep. I'll agree with mm. that. Well, and, and I did the same thing. I was automatically thinking of people who are now in their 70s because it's like right. people with gray hair, they're going to be in their 70s. But no, like back right. in the 50s and 60s when people weren't dying their hair every day, <laughs> right. you know, right. they did have gray hair at 50. So Yes. That's true. Oh, yeah. Nice. All that's right, Courtney, point. who did you pick?
2: So my pick, and this is, again, where I'm going to admit my shortcoming that I haven't met Harriet yet. But <laughs> I I see this as a Michelle Pfeiffer possibility, and I'm going to tell you why. So much like Bonnie Hunt, I am ready for a Michelle Pfeiffer-assance. Mm-hmm. I think that she is pretty enough to play like a 1960s housewife, although that's terribly sexist to say. But I also think we've seen her in these types of bad situations before. We've seen her in One Fine Day where she's just like, harem, scarum mom, like (laughs) spread too thin, trying to get her kid to, you know, all of his little things in the city. We've seen her in What Lies Beneath, where her husband, you know, tries to drown her in a lake. We've also seen her in a little film called New Year's Eve. Maybe you've heard of it with every (laughs) actor and actress of our time. (laughs) And she, if you've seen that movie, she plays a woman who is trying to accomplish all these resolutions. And Zac Efron's character helps her kind of navigate all these dreams that she wants to kind of accomplish. And Mm -hmm. she's just this really like sweet and meek lady that, it just wants something more exciting for herself. And so when I read this as the character description, I thought, Oh, it really reminds me of her character in that movie um, specifically. I think she's blonde. So I think she could easily have gray hair. I know she's definitely over 50. Sorry, Michelle, but (laughs) I think she, you know, with the right like makeup and stuff, um, even though she's gorgeous, I think she could definitely play that like early gray haired woman next door. Who's, Nice and maternal, but also um, has a little more depth to her character.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. That. Yeah. Why you got to expose her like that? Everybody thought she was in her 30s, course. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, listen, I'm 32
2: and also going gray. So, I mean, like, I would be happy to step into the role of Harriet. But
1: um, <laughs> Michelle might be more qualified. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So, my pick was Holly Hunter. So oh, we saw her way in the past in broadcast news. She also oh, has done a so good. Lot of animated movies. Um, she's a voice of Miss Incredible and Incredibles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Partly because of that is why I chose her. I think she has one of the most soothing, motherly sounding voices of anyone <laughs> in that age range. So I think that she could... Be the type of character to step into the house with this brand new mom, you know, yep. single mother, kid crying. She's asleep on the floor. When we first see that interaction between the two characters, I think she would just have this instant calming presence, right? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. of walking in, let me help you, let me take control, please get me out of my own house type situation. So I picked Holly Hunter.
0: How can we get Holly Hunter on the calm app?
1: I just feel like <sighs> oh, that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, that's what I want to soothe me to sleep. I want Holly Hunter. Yeah, yeah, or Bonnie Hunt for that matter. But I want these women to like tell me I'm beautiful and I can go to bed.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's what I want. Take time for yourself. Isn't that what she says? Every day take time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so up next, we have Walter. So, Walter is the TV show director of Elizabeth's show, Separate Six. He has an eye for talent, but he always follows the rules, however sexist they may be. He's also a very good dad, single dad as well to a young girl. So, we see him as well in his mid to late 50s. So, I guess I'm up next. Mm -hmm. I picked John C. Riley. Oh, that's good. So, we... Yeah, you might know him like from uh, Chicago, uh, Step Brothers, Boogie Nights. Partly chose him because of his role in Chicago as Amos Hart. We saw <laughs> him. <laughs> that was, you know, a little bit earlier than this book, but we've seen him in in period costume. I also mm-hmm. have a pretty snazzy looking photo of him um, in yes. a straw hat that I'll probably mm-hmm. use. So I, I think he could pull off a good hearted but intimidated individual, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's this role, right? That, that he wants to do what's right, but that's just really difficult when everybody else is telling him to do something else. So mm. that's who I picked. Courtney, who did you pick for Walter? Okay. So my pick for Walter
2: is Eric stone street. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought that he would obviously play a solid father figure because we see him as a dad in modern family He's also done some family work, you know, like The Secret Life of Pets, Um, which is obviously not, you know, a 1960s period piece, but I just think he has such a positive energy. But honestly, I could see him being like the head of a network and I could see him in a more serious role, even though we haven't really in the past. And I definitely think he could play that kind of like hard-nosed boss, but he's just kind of a... Kind of dealing with the circumstances of his time, and I would love to see him as kind of like a fast-talking, you know, mm-hmm. newsy kind of reporter yeah. vibe, as opposed to having seen him in a lot more like goofier roles in the past. And I, I hate to say it, but I really got, I really got stuck on the Ponchy factor. Like <laughs> that, was, that was that was one of the descriptors given to me, and I was like, oh, I hate to do it. I was kind of between like a Vince Vaughn with a little weight on him or Mm -hmm. an Eric stone street also with weight on him. So um, I ultimately went with Eric, but I could also see Vince Vaughn as a really cool single dad. So that would would probably be my alternate pick.
1: Awesome. All right, Annie, who did you pick for Walter?
0: Okay. This was actually the easiest one for me to cast. I really wanted Martin Freeman. So I think Martin (laughs) Freeman I feel like he obviously plays well in period pieces. We've seen him in Sherlock. We've seen him as a Hobbit situation, but I also (laughs) felt like this person (laughs) has to be, um, there's a way in which he really is a partner to Elizabeth. Like, And he tries to rein her in for her own sake. It's like, I think he Mm -hmm. wants the best for her. He wants her to have this job, but he also is torn because he is a man of a certain time. And so he winds up being confused a lot of the time. Elizabeth confuses him. And I just feel like Martin Freeman could walk around trying his hardest to be progressive and trying to be open-hearted, but also a little confused. And I like Martin Freeman a lot. And I just think... I don't know. I think he could have good chemistry with um Elizabeth
1: Debicki and Harriet as well.
2: Yeah. That's good. I, I like that.
1: How many actors can say they've been in a hobbit situation? <laughs> 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 he he has some range. Yeah. Oh, um, man. this so this book had a a pretty wide cast of characters, but I did feel like they were all so well fleshed out that we could probably cast 15 different people in this and yes. all have a pretty good view of of who who should play what. So so this one was a fun one to do. An an additional character, which we mentioned earlier, you're going to help us cast, is 630. So 630 is the dog of Elizabeth and Calvin, named 630 because that is the time of day they found him. So that becomes (laughs) his name because Elizabeth thinks that Calvin is calling the dog 630 when he's really (laughs) just saying what the time was. We also get this dog's point of view. Which, when you hear that, sounds a little bit hokey if you haven't read the book, but it really is oh, kind of an added just kiss piece to this story mm-hmm. to hear this. Kind of simple, simple dog's point of view of, of protecting this family and seeing what they've gone through and and being there for them. Um, this dog also, by the end of the book, has learned almost a thousand words um, <laughs> from his own testament, which is uh, an effort Elizabeth undertook to teach him words. So that's a fun little feature. So he's described as a large dog, uh, just a mutt, not a super attractive dog, but we will take all all types of pictures. So pedigree, dog, <laughs> mutt pound puppies, send send them our way. And um, each of us are going to pick our favorite from the list of pictures sent to us and we will use those in our casting.
0: Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so fun. I loved that character so that. much. I never knew I would become attached to such a, to, a, to an animal in an adult, <laughs> a piece of adult literature. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was excellent.
0: Can I tell you who I want to direct this situation? <gasps> yeah. Yes, please. I want Greta Gerwig on this. Oh, I knew you were going to say that.
2: Oh,
0: I want her. I want her. That's solid. I just feel like she she would get this. I mean, she's doing that Barbie thing right now. And I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like she knows what it's like to take a piece of source material and turn it into something magical. And look, I wouldn't want her to direct everything, even though I love her. I want... Look, I want us to cast Nora goes off script so bad, um, but like I would want <laughs> Nancy Myers to direct that film. So like I'm not biased. Oh, I yeah. can pick. I can pick different people, but I do think Greta Gerwig would do wonderfully with this period piece, and she would do great taking this piece of source material, really about feminism, and turning it into something
1: special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I we've got to have a great costume. design yeah. too. Oh, Good
2: costumes.
1: Yeah. They should get whoever did the
2: sets and costumes for the movie Down With Love to get on this oh. project. Oh, yes. Because that is like a mm-hmm. 60s just vision. It's so aesthetically pleasing yeah. <laughs> to watch that movie. I yeah. love it. Down With oh, Love. I was just going to yeah. point oh. out that this is actually, you know, in the works of being yeah. made into a series, which is partly why we yes. wanted to cast it. But I also would like to give a shout out to my – imaginary best friend, Jason Bateman, who is attached as a producer. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't recognize the other people. And that might just be my own ignorance towards, uh, you know, behind the scenes crew. But I got excited when I saw that because I love Jason Bateman and everything. So,
1: yeah, that does seem pretty ironic, though, that that movie about female empowerment (laughs) and well women yeah. women leading has a has a male producer but well, well in, other, and also to acknowledge there. true true also to acknowledge we we do realize that the main character has already been cast yes um it's going to be brie larson we didn't necessarily agree with that but somebody always is going to drop into my dms to say this is already been cast <laughs> so, <laughs> let's do acknowledge. look we realize that we think we can we do got that. it <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I don't mind the Brie Larson casting. Can I say, Courtney, I saw this in your alternates. I, You know who I uh, else I really would have liked for this is Elizabeth Olsen. I really oh, yeah, yeah. think that could have been fun. Yeah. I think Brie Larson could do a good job. She feels so yeah. much younger to me, I guess, but that is my own... I, You know, Elizabeth is, is young in the book. That's the reality. She is young, yeah. um, but she just reads older because of right. who she is and, and how she presents herself. But I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I will be watching this for sure. Yeah, me too.
2: Same, very excited.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. As mentioned earlier, you can follow at Juliana Reads so that you can vote on our casting. This episode drops on a Thursday, so you can cast your vote in Sunday's polls on Juliana's Instagram. Between now and then, please send in the pictures of your dogs, your favorite, your favorite pets, to Juliana Reads or to me at B Jones05. This week I'm reading On the Rooftop by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. Juliana, what are you reading? I'm
1: reading Breathless by Amy McCulloch.
0: Courtney, what are you reading?
1: I am reading Last Summer at the Golden Hotel by
2: Alyssa Friedman. From the Front Porch is a weekly
0: podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Angie Erickson, Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carls, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker, Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and tell us what you think. Or, if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support—Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors— Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.